0: 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way? Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com/slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dallas Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on
1: VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Okay, Sharp Money, v the Sports Betting Network smiles all around. Dustin was smiling, Amal smiling before the show. It's a Friday show. Free agent frenzy coming up here as the NBA opens up its free agency. Six o'clock east, so three hours from now, three west as we say hi. Open up the show. I'm Patrick Maher live from Los Angeles. I mentioned Dustin Swedelson, Amal Shaw back at the South Point in Las Vegas. Boys, how are we doing? Got a busy show as we're going to be joined by Chris Jimenez. He covers Major League Baseball for Sirius XM. Matt Moore. Matt Moore just tweeted out the eyeballs emoji, and nobody's more. Tied into the scuttlebutt with the NBA than more. Of course, more covers not just Action Network, but the Nuggets there in Denver. So we covered the championship. We've had them on a bunch. Zachary Cohen, our very own, to talk about the NFL betting guide. And Mike Samich, part of the family, as always, on a Friday to join the show in the final hour. Let's get it going with the boys. Amal Shaw, how are we feeling? Feeling good, ready for some NBA
4: news. Should be pretty exciting as I expect to see some things come down the pipe here in terms of who's going where. So
3: we'll be paying attention to that throughout the day and the weekend. Yes, I got I got exciting news, big guys. We say hi to Dustin Sweetelson, the man, the myth. Calls himself a legend. How about this? The Nets are trading Joe Harris and two second round picks to the Pistons. I know that's exciting. You guys wanted me to start the show with Joe Harris news. However, as a Pistons man, I will say, not a terrible move. This is a guy that's an elite three point shooter. Career, almost 44%. Did play in 74 games last year. Remember, the injuries have always been a concern for Joe Harris. He is 31 years old. I'm trying to talk more, more, and more words to. Tie myself into this being a big deal for the Pistons, big guy.
5: Yeah, you, and no, what's great is you could go buy his jersey and wear it down the street, and people think you might be him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'm quite as tall as Harris, but yes, that is the only news we have thus far. We talked about it a mall yesterday, kind of as the show was ending, and that was a facilitation, really, when Harden opted into that. Uh, player option. That was to facilitate a trade. Uh, The 76ers and Harden are working together. I don't understand a team that would want him. We can start thinking of some of the teams. The big free agents are James Harden. Of course, Uh, we'll talk about Kyrie Irving, Fred Van Vliet, but you just tell me, is there a team that Harden makes sense to you as far as a landing spot? The Clippers. Look, they already play at a super slow pace with Kawhi and PG, the issue with the Clippers and, you know, somebody like Kawhi could cover up for the inefficiencies on defense that you're going to have with James Harden. The problem with Harden is you just talk about inefficiencies. He's going to be 34 years old and he's simply not a championship player. You know, even if you look at the series, they lost against the Celtics that win seven Molly goes for 45 in game one. He goes for 42 in game four. Then game seven, when it mattered, he took three shots, scored nine points and had five turnovers. That right there is a microcosm of his career. He's headed Harden to the hall of fame. However, in a series when it really matters and you can go back to his days with the clip, you can go back to his days with Houston when it really matters. In game seven, he takes three shots. That in a nutshell is James Harden. You summarized it perfectly. I would not want this guy. I think when you look at
4: it from a talent standpoint, Kyrie Irving is the guy that you would want to acquire. But again, you're not sure what you're going to get out of him. He's such a mercurial player. The inconsistency with him off the floor is always a concern. You know, Kyrie could give you 60 great games to start the season out of 70. And you're not sure in the final 12 in the postseason if he's actually going to be available because he's decided all of a sudden he's disengaged. And I think that's the same thing with James Harden. He's got a great ability to score the basketball. He's made a lot of money. And I know Mike D'Antoni, the former coach in Houston, he said, listen, if you told James to go left, he's going to go right. So you'd always ask him, hey, which way do you want to go? He's difficult. And I think sometimes one of the issues in the NBA, Patrick, is the players have so much leverage in terms of because of the salary, they dictate how things are. I don't know if he had played with other coaches, maybe if he had been more engaging. But at this point in time, I'm not looking to acquire a player who I believe is going to turn 34 in August. He's on the downhill side of his career. What are you getting out of him? Look, he's uh, scoring has gone down the last couple of years, and I get he's averaging still 21, 22 points a game, but overall he's just not the same player. And to me, his attitude really is not one of a championship caliber type of player.
3: No, totally agree. Look, it's, it's no, it's, we're not joking. When he said he loves to go to the strip club, he likes to party. He's kind of a free spirit. He's a person that's always had a hard time, James Harden, keeping his weight in check. So let's just talk about the viable options when thinking of a Harden sign and trade, you have to have assets by way of picks, and then you have to have salaries that match up, right? So you're talking, look, you're going to trade for Harden. Harden's not going to go to a destination unless he knows that there's a potential extension on the line. Like, for example, if we're talking about the Clippers, the first thing Daryl Morey is going to be asking for is Terrence Mann. My assumption is, that the Clippers are not interested in giving up man, but they do have picks to offer. And then really you're just trying to match up the salaries. So that's the Clippers. The next team I'll come to you with this one, big guy, because the next team is the Knicks. Now I I can't imagine. I don't want to put words in your mouth as a Knicks fan. I can't imagine that you want James Harden. But what you are missing at MSG and what the Knicks have been missing for a while is a star. I would say Jalen Brunson was brought to the Knicks to handle the ball. I don't really think it makes a ton of sense to have Harden pounding the basketball into the wood and Jalen Brunson, who you just paid a bunch of money to watch him dribble the basketball.
5: Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's super intriguing, the the idea of potentially getting Harden on that squad, just because they have a lot of really nice pieces, and they had a lot of depth, but what they lacked was that front-end guy that could take the big shots, go get buckets, and just be that elite superstar. I think Brunson took the steps to be really close to being a superstar, if not, you know, right there on the cusp of it. See, I used the word correctly today. Um, But here's what I'd say, is if James Harden's not going to cost a lot, I'm intrigued by the idea. I think it's worth exploring. But overall, when I look at James Harden and his style of play and the way he's been over the last few years, I think I'd rather the Knicks lose the way they've been doing it than try and do it Harden's way and ultimately lose because he's a losing player, and that's what he ultimately does.
4: I I agree with you, Dustin. I'll tell you what, guys. To me, bringing in James Harden to this team would be a detriment long term. Jalen Brunson brings the type of attitude. We talked about heat culture. That's what these Villanova guys are. We talk about bridges. We talk about so many other guys that played under Jay Wright. I think there would be a serious chasm halfway through the season between Jalen Brunson and James Harden on that team. Jalen Brunson plays both ends of the floor, Patrick. He's going to give you every minute. He's out there. He's going to play like he's only playing for a minute in the game, but he's energized for the 30 minutes a game he plays or whatever it is. And James Harden's going to give you an effort on the offensive side. He's not going to try defensively. And Dustin's right. What are we getting if you're a Knicks backer or a fan or supporter from James Harden? Okay, yeah, you can score some points, but I'd rather see if R.J. Barrett can take that next step forward. Let's see what Quentin Grimes can do for me.
3: James Harden might get us to the second round. Are we really celebrating second round uh, arrivals now? I I think you both framed it perfectly with the Knicks. I really do. I, I have nothing to add there. And if you think about James Harden, so for example, the Clippers are kind of a team that's Again, a name at the top of the list. Think about what's happening with the Clippers. Kwai and PG are both going to be free agents after this season. They both have player options, but I think at their age, they're probably going to be shooting for that one last big contract. So they potentially could opt out. Now you're stuck if Kwai and PG leave with an extended harden at going to be 35 next year, 34 this year in August. Like it just doesn't make any sense. I I I kind of think and again, maybe you could talk, and this is a hardcore all caps, maybe Amal, maybe you could talk me into a one year because listen, he did lead the league in assist. Assist percentage, he was awesome. Like he is a good facilitator if he accepts his role. Like for example, it will get to Kyrie when we come back from break and talk a little bit more about Van Vliet as well. But just sticking on Harden right now, Like if he were to go to a team and Kyrie kind of the same, if they were to go to play with the Lakers and LeBron, that is kind of a presence that you can't really trifle with. So if you have him for a one-year rental under the guise or the umbrella of a LeBron type situation, then maybe you could talk me into Harden, but there is absolutely no freaking way. You could talk me into an extension of Harden who's chubby at 34. So
5: here's a note on Harden. Keith Smith, who we had on the show the other day, tweeted this out yesterday. Important thing on James Harden. This will not be an extended trade situation. He's not extension eligible because he's only signed a two-year deal with the 76ers last season. Whoever acquires James Harden is getting him on a one-year deal and an unrestricted free agent in
3: 2024. I no, by well, I he, Keith works for sports track and this is what he does with contracts. Wouldn't you guys both agree there? Ha, there would be an agreement that he would extend there. there. I would think so, at least on the
4: surface, if you're going to give up a certain number of assets, if you're going to acquire him, I think almost there has to be, but I thought you brought up a great point, which is if he's not playing with a strong personality, a dominant player, like a LeBron James, it could be a just a challenging situation depending on where he winds up. I just don't understand some of the moves that are made in the NBA. We talk about this in baseball and basketball all the time. You see these players get these long extensions, 35 and older, and there's very few Tom Brady's and LeBron James out there, guys that can perform at an elite level past that age. And to me, James Harden's just not that guy to be able to win with. I think you look at some of the younger pieces. I can't wait till we get into Fred Van Vliet. I, I think he's a very solid player. No way am I trying to compare his level of play to a guy like James Harden or Kyrie Irving mm <laughs> but there's one difference for me in terms of why I would want a Van Vliet over everybody else, and I'm going to point to a guy in Denver from Canada named Jamal Murray. Think about this, guys. The Joker's the best player in the world, but Jamal Murray is an elite player, and there's probably about 12 teams if he's on. He's the best player on that individual team, but Jamal Murray has taken the approach of like, look, I'm going to go do my thing. I'll get 30 when I need to, but at the same time, I don't have a problem that this is Joker's team. I just don't think a guy like James Harden could do that in a situation unless you're playing with an MVP player – Like a
3: Joel Embiid. No, I think it's a great comp with Van Vliet and I have the perfect landing spot. Let's do that. When we come back, I've got the perfect landing spot for Van Vliet. I think this team sets up perfectly for him. And I also kid all kidding aside, have a good landing spot for Kyrie. So we'll come back and discuss those two after Harden. big guy. Do we have a futures market or a landing spot as far as a market for Harden right now?
5: Uh, I saw one globally. I'm not sure if DK does. Let me look uh, during the break. It's and all see good. If I can find something.
3: I know they've got Wemby odds up if you want to go hit. Up DraftKings right now. DraftKings menu continues to blow up. Make sure you check it out. When we return, as I'm all mentioned, Van Vleet—that's a big name at 29. A guy that doesn't necessarily need as far as usage the ball. We'll come back and discuss free agency under three hours away. Sharp money
0: across America. BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important
6: new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry. That's Oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, so here's a scenario, and I think our former colleague Jacob Roach sent over a good hypothetical as well. Let's do this as we welcome you back. Sharp Money, I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, of course. It's NBA free agency coming up in two hours and 45 minutes, but we're getting news right now. Joe Harris to the Pistons. Okay, whatever. Now, we were just having the hardened conversation. We'll get to Van Vliet and Kyrie. But here, and this is an interesting conversation we were having during the break. I we all agree the extension given to Randall was almost like the Knicks had to do it, but at this point, they'd like a redo on that. So here's my question for the two of you. If you're the Knicks. And again, the contract stuff is interesting. Let's just say it's a one-year rental. The one-year rental becomes very desirable as opposed to extending Harden. Now, the interesting part about Harden or the conundrum with Harden, if you do take him on as a player, you have to revamp in some way your offense because he's just a different type of dude, okay? He's an awkward fit in most offenses. But if you can get out from under, and I'm all looked it up, what is the Julius Randle extension? How much is left, and what's he owed? Because if you can get out of the Julius Randle contract, if you're the Knicks by bringing in Harden and shifting Randle to Philly, would you guys do it? I think we
4: would. Let me give you the numbers before Dustin answers. 28 million on the cap hit this year, 30 million next year, and 32 million the player woof. the year after. And hold on one second. The third year on that one at age 31 and 25, 26 is a player option. So unless Julius Randle performs at an elite level the next two years, he's going to opt in at thirty-one or $32 million.
3: Yeah, that's, that contract is woof. Yeah. And as a Knicks fan, I, I, again, I, I think you're probably gonna have to extend Harden, but let's just say you you get Harden to move off of Randall. Would you would you do that, Dustin? As
5: as long as I'm not trading RJ, like I'm not I'm not done declaring this is who RJ Barrett is. I think he's young and I still think he's improving. I think he's a very good defender. And not last year, but the year before, he really popped offensively. So I'm not totally ready to just give up on RJ Barrett, who was a high pick for this team, and they haven't had many guys at that at that point in the draft fall to them where they could become an elite player. He has all the skills to do it. I just, I'm not ready to trade him in a deal for someone like James Harden. Julius Randle makes sense to me because the guy Randle was trying to be in the postseason was everything that James Harden used to be. I don't know if Harden still has that in him, but I at least know that he had it before and that would kind of be what they're looking for to take them over the hump into the postseason. So, like, that's kind of the missing piece for them is a guy who can get buckets the way James Harden used to be able to, which is why maybe I'm coming around on the idea of a Harden trade as long as R.J. Barrett is not involved.
3: Amal, I gave you – sorry, just yeah, to no. follow up. I gave you that game seven where he took three shots and made uh, scored nine points and f- had five turnovers against the Celtics. It also makes me think of boys – Remember in Houston, when KD went down and the rockets had every chance to beat golden state that year, and didn't they go like three for 40 from three and Harden was in the mix. You can look up the numbers, Dustin. It was an all time bad shooting performance in a closeout game. And Harden couldn't make a bucket. That is James Harden in a nutshell. You're absolutely right about that. By the way, I didn't think that you said three for 40. So that'd be seven and a half percent. Was
4: their percentage really that high in that game? I mean, these guys <laughs> couldn't was, hit a shot. It was so bad. It, it was, it so, was so you're, bad. you're so right. And I just want to go back real quickly to your point on R.J. Barrett. Look, I'm not looking to move him. This is a guy last two seasons is average about an, between the two years, 19 and a half points per game. I think he's a solid number three. You've got a piece in Jalen Brunson. You need a true number one on that team. Yeah. Um, and I think you guys are correct. You move on from Julius Randle. Here's the problem I have with Julius. Not only the contract three for ninety remaining, but guys, don't you get the sense with Julius Randall,
3: he thinks he's a little bit better than other people oh, see yeah. him being.
4: Yeah, I mean that's an issue for me.
3: Oh yeah, and I think he has a domineering, not a good way yeah. personality. I think he, I think he's divisive. That is just from the outside looking in. I think he's a bit of a curmudgeon. Do you have that number? It, it might've been three for 37, something it, like that. We were, go ahead.
5: It was uh seven for 44, <laughs> 50 Seven for 44. 9%. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, yeah. I was looking
3: at the wrong year. I had to find the right year for it. Uh, and Harden was, again, that was an opportunity. They were at home too. I believe the they They, in they were at
4: home. And to your point on James Harden in that game, two
3: for 13 from the three point line. <laughs> it's so bad yeah. when they needed a most, Yes. that on a good team, they were a good so, team. So transitioning from him and I I was thinking about this is really cheesy. Maybe you guys will be okay with it, but I was thinking about Kyrie. And we've had conversations all week. We can't even talk about the handles. We can't even talk about the skills <laughs> because no intelligent front office, like this human being is a non-starter. And I'll tell you what, no intelligent front office is, at this point is going to have a Kyrie Irving discussion because what good is a Ferrari if the engine is blown? Great, great analogy, and, but like nobody looks better on the outside on the inside. And I, and I mean this to you and I, cause sometimes I can say some things that are, are uncouth. I'm not making fun of his mental health, but mental health is an issue with this human being. That's just factual. You're paying hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars potentially to a human being that's in his thirties. Now that is shown repeatedly. And some of it is, you know, unsavory, but shown repeatedly mentally, he can't keep it together. I'm sorry. It's a business non-starter Kyrie. I would agree with you. He's 31 years old. You know, you mentioned the handles, and I just
4: got to talk about this for a second. The best I thought I'd ever seen was Isaiah Thomas of the Detroit Pistons. Steph Curry's gotten into that elite level. God sham God, if you remember him at Providence. But I have to tell you, and I'm not necessarily the biggest Kyrie fan, but there's no denying his talent. I mean, this guy, a friend of mine used to joke, and I love this line. He goes, he's the best one-on-five player I've ever seen. This guy can go through an entire defense. He can do it all. He can get to the basket on anybody. Um, but you're right, Patrick. And, and, I, and I like the way you framed it. You're not knocking him for the mental situation. But if you're a team and you're going to give a player nearly $200 million for four years or two fifty, million, whatever it may be, yep. for five years, you've got to be very cautious. Now, I'm going to throw this out there, and you guys might think I'm crazy. What about the Miami Heat potentially acquiring him because you've got some dominant personalities in Butler, Spo, and then, of course, the godfather, Pat Riley. I, I don't know if he'll fit or not, but I'm going to tell you, that kid, with his ability, it makes Jimmy Butler a better offensive player. He is so, so talented. If you go pure talent in the
3: NBA, Kyrie's one of the three uh, top three picks. Oh, all-timer. Yeah. no, no, no. And you, and I'll take your handles conversation and stretch it out a little bit. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody at his size finish at the rim oh. better than Kyrie. No, not like even close. Never. When he gets close to the bucket, nobody's he close. never misses a shot. He, he's literally one of the best that's ever played the game. Like skill wise, there's it's, there Did, isn't a conversation big guy. Didn't you just send Amal And I, a text about Kyrie. Yeah. So according to bill writer of CBS,
5: that Kyrie's going to meet with a lot of teams, Dallas, Phoenix, Miami, Houston, the Lakers, and the Clippers. Here's my issue with Kyrie Irving. I love him like both of you as a player. The problem is for Kyrie Irving is basketball is no longer a priority. and that's fine. If you don't love your job, I will not judge you for that. But don't expect your job job to treat you. The same way, then you should not expect that treatment from these teams in terms of contract expectations, looking to win opportunities. You can't expect these teams to pay you financially the way they would pay someone that they know they're going to get someone who loves the game of basketball still, because clearly it is not the number one thing on Kyrie's books. And if I'm Kyrie, I get that. Not everyone can like their jobs, but in this
3: instance, you can't expect the reciprocation. Well put. Very well put now he can get paid. And I think you nailed the number of four years, a little over 200 million. The Mavericks are the only team that are able to offer that fifth year. So the Mavs can offer five years, $272.9 million to a 31 year old Kyrie. It's not year to year. You wonder if he can hold it together. It's day to day. Yes. See, there are, look, we all know moody peeps, There are week to weeks, there are months to months, there are year to year. Like he's had a good year, he's had a good month, he's had a good week. Kyrie, you hold your breath every day walking into the building. That's a tough spot to be in when you're paying $280 million.
4: Yeah, but the problem is it the talent is so tantalizing, right? Like if you know you see an absolute smoke show, but you know she's crazy, you still might go out on that date. Right? It's kind of opportunities
5: don't present themselves every day.
4: Yeah, the Kyrie is like. When, when I look at his talent, you, you brought up a point, Patrick, that I think gets overlooked through Kyrie Irving. Honestly, you could take a big guy, me, uh, you know, a wing player. I don't know if I've ever seen a player with the ability that's under 6'8", that finishes
3: at the basket better than Kyrie insane. Irving. It's insane. I, I've i never seen anything like it. But, the, the, it, so,
5: but with what, what Amal saying here, I think it makes so much sense. You don't know when a player like this is hitting the market again. Yes. They just – they don't – they don't become free agents because normally they are good employees and okay. those teams lock them Fair. up long-term. Fair,
3: But Amal brought up a team and it's a very good idea. I hadn't thought of Miami, but come on. Wouldn't we just rather have Dame? It,
4: oh, hold on. Hold on. You you know, I love Dame, but let me ask you this. If you got to win and I, let's I'm say everything to
3: think who fits better.
4: I'm trying to well, forget, go ahead, fit, forget the fit. Let's say you've got to play a big game and everything with Kyrie mentally is okay. Who's the okay, player? You a better want? player.
3: Kyrie's a better player I I just look at him he's like, a better shooter yes Dame Dame's Kyrie Dame is Steph Curry from yes three in deep threes especially Dame, no question. Dame. nobody shoots a better deep three than Dame but I think I, you're right I think I have to say Kyrie is that unanimous across the board here I think so yeah
5: and that's why a contender is gonna make a mistake and <laughs> he's him right
3: yeah you're you're absolutely right right but that's what I, th- I don't think a smart front office does because you have to commit for four years. True. And if you're Dallas, you have to commit for five. We'll hit the guide. Amal's got NFC talk next here. Sharp money.
2: This is sharp money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v
1: the sports betting network.
3: Okay. Bet five bucks to get 150 in bonuses instantly over at DraftKings. Download the DK app. Bet five dollars to get one hundred and fifty. You got to use the promo code Vsin. V S I N. When you do so, we got you back here, Sharp Money. I'm All Shaw. Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Got plenty to do. We've got Matt Moore with some NBA rumors coming up at the top of the hour. Right now, we'll shift to baseball. Chris Jimenez, of course, SiriusXM Major League Baseball Network radio host does a great job. At Chris Jimenez five on Twitter. 10 years in the bigs, and he joins us now to talk a little baseball. Hi, Chris. How are you?
7: I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on.
3: It's a pleasure to have you. It it really is. Um, I'm just going to put some context on this. Let's not even talk about what Shohei is doing. And I know we're all sick of it, but it's fascinating. Let's not talk about what he's doing against the league. Let's just talk about with his own team. He leads his own team in batting average home run, RBI, OP on base hits, OPS slugging uh, wins, innings, pitch K's ERA against. I mean, seriously, I asked somebody yesterday, maybe it was Um, another player, how do you frame Shohei?
7: (laughs) That's a great question because he's in a frame of his own. That's for darn sure. Uh, I mean, to be completely honest, what we're seeing here, I know he's been compared to Babe Ruth, and I was not alive during Babe Ruth's time, uh, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure Babe Ruth did not do anything that Shohei Otani is currently doing. Um, What he has been able to do just let's call it just from the offensive side of things, right? I mean, the fact that he's leading the league in home runs, he's leading his team in literally every offensive category there is. And then you add in the pitching side of things, which may be a little bit down this year, just total uh, statistics-wise, but still an elite starting pitcher. And a starting pitcher, if you ask me, I think some teams should try to pry him away. I know that's going to sound crazy, but if you offer a big enough package or a big enough package – I think we could see some fireworks and I know it sounds crazy because the angels are still technically in everything, but I don't think Shohei's signing back there next year. And you might as well get something good for him now.
4: Chris, you stole my next question. I was going to ask you, should the angels <laughs> make a, well, because I think at the, I think you bring up an excellent point, right? They're sitting at 44 and 39. Yeah. They're outside of the wild card, just slightly a game and a half back. But do you really believe this team can be in contention? It just doesn't feel like it at this point in time. And I think you can get a King's ransom. You're getting two players in one.
7: You're absolutely right. And I think, to be honest with you, they missed the boat by not doing it last year. Totally understand why they didn't. But the fact that they still have an opportunity to do it this year, although it would be a very hard sell to that fan base, because I think most of those fans probably anticipate him at least getting a contract offer, not saying that you can't do that. But if you ask me the best of both worlds, why not throw his name out there? See what kind of trade packages you can get for him and if you do trade them, great. You still have the opportunity to sign him as a free agent come this, this next offseason. So it's almost like the best of both worlds, right? You're resetting your organization, kind of changing the trajectory, so to speak, in which your organization will be going forward and still have an opportunity to sign him this offseason. To me, it kind of sounds like that's something that they should at least consider.
3: Chris Jimenez joins us. Sirius XM MLB network radio host, played in the bigs for 10 years. I want to ask you about the Padres. They're at the reds today. You can talk about both teams. Cause they're fascinating. How about the Padres? Sure, Chris, absolutely. they've lost three straight series. They just got swept by the pirates. They lost two of three at home to the Nats lost three of four before that to San Francisco. Like what is happening with this Padres team?
7: I'll tell you what guys, I was as duped as anybody else. I was there during spring training this year for our little spring training tour, I was completely sold on the vibe of camp, how the – just everybody was gelling together. You know, obviously they have such a collection of elite talent. It's really hard to see a reason why they're playing as bad as they are. But yet, here we are. And I think a lot of it has to do with this offense. And that's not something that we would have said at the beginning of this year. You would have looked at the first four or five guys in this offense and kind of laughed if anybody said they were going to struggle at some point. But that is where we are, and I think if you look at this, getting things going right going forward, they have to have somebody else step up besides Tatis and Soto. You know, Manny Machado's had a down year from the offensive perspective. He's always had a low uh, on-base percentage, Plug-in percentage is great, but the batting average is down. You know, Xander Bogarts is you know being he's okay. He's nothing. Any you know he's not spectacular. DJ Croningworth excuse me, uh, Mr. Cronenworth has had a extremely poor season. So. You know, like you look at things as a whole, they've gotten a little production from the back end of their lineup. They're very top-heavy, and they're another team, you know, besides the disappointing part of things, uh, they might be sellers, which is crazy to think. And if you do think of them as sellers, look at Juan Soto's name.
4: I was just going to ask you, do you move on from Soto? Because they're so far behind. He's in a free agent year. You know Scott Boris is going to take him to get the highest offer. And I don't know if the Padres necessarily want to pay that. You could potentially get something in return. But if you're a team that's potentially looking at getting a bat, let's be realistic here. Soto's played well over the last several weeks, but he has not had a great run in San Diego.
7: Right. And you know what, too? He is obviously their most tradable asset with the fact that he is not under a long-term deal. He still has one more year of arbitration eligibility left, which he will get a pretty hefty salary bump. And rightfully so, you know, you've got Bogarts under contract. Tatis, Machado and Cronenworth are all under contract. There is a way that they could trade Soto and possibly even get better this year. And then obviously next year as well, you lose the elite talent and the offensive production of a Juan Soto this year. But again, you could get a King's ransom for a guy like that, especially with another year of control left to where you could get some major league-ready pieces to help your team currently. It's hard to think, but it's crazy, that they could actually be better off by trading Soto and be a better team because of it and set themselves up in the long run a little bit better off because of all these trades they've made. They've really depleted what was a great farm system, still solid, don't get me wrong, but they have a chance to kind of replenish that a little bit.
3: Chris, can you think of a bigger disappointment this year and speaking, we were talking about the reds, but staying in division a little bit, the red, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, 33 and 47. I mean, is there a bigger disappointment that comes to top of mind?
7: I I mean, the Padres are up there, but I think, you know, to head up that list, you have to think of it as the Cardinals. I mean, they were by most pundits projected to win the division. I'm, I'm steadfast on this. I predicted the Brewers to win, so I still feel very good about my pick, even though the Cincinnati Reds, who are an extremely young, up-and-coming team, exciting to watch, have really kind of to take grasp and take hold and get an understanding of what it's like to win a little bit again, which is fun to watch, of course. But this Cardinals team, it's a lack of pitching. It's a lack of strikeouts from the starters. They've had... 16 blown saves out of their bullpen this year. You can't win games with the offense as good as they have it and the defense as good as they have it. They have gold glovers all over their infield and outfield. But if you can't pitch, you're not going to win games in the major leagues. And that's what we've seen. They've relied too much on some guys that just don't quite have the stuff that they used to have.
4: Chris, I'll give you Tampa and Atlanta to win the World Series and then or take the field the other way. Which one are you
7: doing? That's a a great question, and I love that. Uh, Honestly, I I think I'd have to go with Atlanta. I think they're built a little differently than Tampa Bay, Uh, not that there's anything wrong with what Tampa Bay has done. They've obviously shocked not really shocked the world, but got off to a tremendous start and have put themselves in a great position. They are currently dealing with a few uh, injuries to some starting pitchers, which worries me a little bit. But if there is an organization that could literally find pitching Out of the mattress, uh, it is the Tampa Bay Rays. So I got to have to at least throw that out there. But if you look at the way this Atlanta Braves team is built, they're built for success for the long-term, for the near-term, and I think they're top-end talent. There's too many more proven guys, not only from the starting pitching side of things, but if you look at the way that their roster is constructed, there's really not a hole in the entire roster uh, from an offensive side of things. So, Generally, good pitching beats good hitting, but in this particular case, I think this offense is just too good, and I think if they were to battle each other, it's the Atlanta Braves, but probably in like six six games, something like that.
3: Chris, we just have a minute left. Let's go AL West quickly. Does Texas hold on in division? They're five up on Houston.
7: I think they definitely can, and if you ask me, this trade deadline is huge for them. They have to address their bullpen at some capacity. That's going to be the Achilles Hill for them. That's such an integral part of a quality team in the playoffs, in particular. I love their starting pitching. You know, there's still some more upside in there with a couple of guys like Andrew Heaney and stuff like that. Uh, but I think this offense is the real deal, and they're going to continue to hit. So if they can address that bullpen, I think they have a really good chance of winning that division.
3: Chris, that was great, man. Enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Look forward to hearing you on SiriusXM's MLB Network Radio. Chris Jimenez, of course. Chris Jimenez5 on Twitter. We'll talk to you this summer. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you.
7: You bet. Anytime, you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank
3: you. Appreciate it. Really well-spoken. Good stuff from Chris. Um, Guys, I kind of botched it a little bit, but let me just read this again. So, just leading the Angels. Shohei, batting average, home runs, RBIs, uh, on base, hits, OPS, slugging, um, in war, the pitching wins, innings, pitch, strikeouts, ERA, a game started quality starts. And you could go on and on like, that's just the angels and they're 44 and 39. What does that tell you? They got to sell, <laughs> like, you have to sell the only person that met and that is, but all those offensive court, all those offensive categories with Mike trout on the team. Fascinating. Matt Moore's next free agent.
1: Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, it is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You heard Brent Musburger as we welcome you back. This is Sharp Money on a Friday, June 30th. That matters because it's free agency. Amal Shah, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. We're trying to hunt down Matt Moore, who's probably all over the free agency. Of course, Matt Moore joins us all the time. He's going to be there in a minute. Okay, great. Zachary Cohen is going to join at the bottom of the hour. He writes for us over not just the NFL guide, but sometimes you see from uh, Zachary over at the Daily Newsletter. Does a great job. So we'll talk to him. And relate to the guy. Three up, three down. Samic is going to join us in the final hour as well. So, plenty to do. I don't know, Amal, if you've seen anything. Anything happen while we just kind of transition to Major League Baseball as far as the NBA? Have you guys seen any breaking news come across?
4: No, nothing yet. Free agency is officially going to open at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific time, but it'll be interesting to see which contracts the ink is dry on uh, before we even get to 6.01.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Now, our buddy Matt Moore. Okay, so let's bring in Matt and a couple of things. One, my guess he hasn't slept much since the championship there with the Nuggets. But we say how to Matt, Action Network, of course. Uh, we love Matt, and and Matt had a good hit during the draft. I should mention this: sixteen to one on Kobe Brown going in the first round. So we give him credit there. Before we get to free agencies, uh, free agency. Pardon me, Matt. Is there anything else, just storyline wise, that just jumps off at you as far as the draft that went down?
8: Yeah, I mean, I still continue to think that what happened with uh, Brandon Miller, number two, was more interesting than kind of the surface story. Like, the story that was kind of presented was, yeah, he was always their guy. They were, they were always going to take him. And just, I, I, I'm open to being wrong. I don't believe that's the case. Uh, I think that was much more up in the air, and I'm very interested to see what happens with new ownership coming in and with what continues to happen in terms of where Michael Jordan stands in the organization based off of how weird – the outcome of that day was because there's a lot of feeling around the league that a lot of people in that organization would have preferred Scoot Henderson a number two. So that's a big story I think coming in, you know, Cam Whitmore I think got a really raw deal in terms of where he slid in the draft um, college coach, basically talking him down um, as well as really? called yellow flags on the medical report. Yeah. it's There's a lot of stuff that uh, has come out that, that seems like Cam Whitmore got a pretty raw deal from those around him and probably, you know, should wind up being a pretty solid draft pick for the Rockets.
4: That's that's interesting, Patrick. What well, Matt just brought up the point about Kyle Neptune, the head coach of Villanova. Uh, that's a big part of it, uh, Matt, when you look oh, at yeah. the eva- evaluation. That just surprises me, especially, you know, we were talking about before in the last hour, we're talking about Jalen Brunson, Bridges. These guys who played on the main line, you know what you're going to get out of them every night. So I'm a little bit surprised. I don't know if you have any more information or if you can disclose it, but wow, Camp Whitmore, it seemed like he was going to be a top five, top seven guy fell, as you alluded to. But wow, I, I am shocked to hear that.
8: Yeah, I'm the one that reported I mean, this is on Ryan Rosella's podcast. And yeah. from what I've heard around the league, when I asked about it, I was like, wait mm. is this true?" they were like, yeah, actually the reviews were not great. So like, there's a lot of concerns there. I think the other thing, though, I will say is a couple of teams did say, um, his workouts were really low energy. He's just a really low-energy guy. He suffered an injury last year and played through it and really wasn't the same kind of guy in that stretch. And so I think that was part of it. But like, he just comes across as a very low-energy individual in workouts and in one-on-ones. But there's a, a whole lot of confidence from those that have followed his entire basketball career that are like, you get him in game environments when he's healthy and he's, in, and he's got the dog in him. So, again, we'll see what happens. As far as his career, I think it's always hard to project these guys and they're so young, but it's an interesting question, I think, going forward as far as what happened to Whitmore and whether or not it was uh, an accurate representation of what he's going to be.
3: Okay, from the draft, Matt Moore, Action Network, of course, Locked On NBA and Locked On Nuggets. Check out the podcast. Now we transition to free agencies. At HP Basketball, you hit us with the eyeball emoji. What's going on? What was that? What What, what were you referring to there, Matt? I just think that
8: uh, there's a lot of things that have kind of been, been in the ether as far as today with regards not only to James Harden, but there's, a I think, a little bit of a growing sense around the league that time's running out on the Blazers. Um, there's mm-hmm. a, a real feeling that's entirely possible that Damian Lillard, because, look, Dame said he's going to give them a, a solid week to be able to try and develop uh, – an opportunity to build around him, build a championship contender around him in free agency. But if you don't have anything by now, quite honestly, like you're already done. Like you need to have had major moves on the table. There might be a, a couple of moves left for them in the market, but a lot of things are already settled going into today's deadline. Now, technically, no one's supposed to have been able to talk to any of these free agents. <laughs> but there's such a, an actual like so much of the market is already locked up. If they don't have anything cooking there is kind of an expectation that it's going to free up uh, the possibility of Dame, in fact, leaving the Blazers and demanding a trade. So I think that's part of the equation here as well. The Harden thing makes sure things really interesting and unstable. reported this morning on the possibility of a three-way trade with Harden going to the Clippers, uh, Paul George going to the Knicks, and then assets going back to the Sixers. I tend to believe that that one may have expired in terms of that was an early talk that may have fallen apart but there's a lot I think is on the table. We're seeing now that it's less about free agents in this market and in this particular year, as it is about uh, instead it's, it's more in relation to these trades and what can happen uh, in the, in the trade market with guys that are already on contract, especially when it comes to the stars.
4: Man, I want to ask you about three players. Just give me an idea where you think they're going to wind up Kyrie Irving, Draymond green and Brooke Lopez.
8: Uh, so Draymond, I'll I'll say first, I think he's coming back to the Warriors on a four-year deal. That's been kind of the assumption around the league. Like, I – he first opts out, and everyone's like, yeah, he's coming back to the Warriors. And then there's talk about, hey, maybe the Blazers could be clearing cap space. Hey, that would be a move the Dame would like. Um, And there's been a couple other teams that have kind of been linked to him. But everything I've heard is that a four-year deal, upwards of $100 million, is probably going to get him back in the fold. Uh, throughout the end of his career. So I, I think he goes back to the Warriors. Brooke Lopez is basically deciding between less money, more years, chances saying I want a contender with the Bucks, and a shot with the Houston Rockets who are offering, like the money the Houston Rockets you're going to see them throw out today is going to be pretty staggering. They are throwing big money short-term deals at multiple free agents. The ones on their list are Fred VanVleet at the top, Brook Lopez, Dylan Brooks, And if they can figure out a way to clear cap space or do a sign-and-trade, Kyle Kuzma. So, like, those are the guys that the Houston Rockets are after. So, Brooke Lopez has a big money offer on the table for two years to the Houston Rockets. But if he wants to stay in Milwaukee, he does have an offer on the table to go ahead and stay there. Uh, More years at less money. Then there's Kyrie. I will say that (laughs) my general thing with Kyrie Irving is I don't like to make predictions because you can't make predictions about an irrational actor. You have no idea like what this is going to look like. I will say this. The feeling around the league is that he is uh, more anxious at getting meetings than teams are to take them. Wow. So he does have this list of teams that he's going to meet with. They have agreed to meetings. It is Kyrie Irving. He is an extremely talented player. Uh, there is a skepticism that he's going to receive a bigger deal than what he can get with Dallas. That Dallas is still probably going to offer him the combination of security and money that he's looking for. That There will probably be teams like Houston that will offer a lot of money, but it won't be a contending team. And there will be teams that are going to be looking more in terms of being a contender that aren't going to be able to offer him the money. So Dallas is the only team that really stands with both, and there is a strong feeling that much of this is built as a leverage play to make sure that Dallas offers and gives up the full four-year, as close to the four-year max offer that he wants. Uh, as possible in order to keep him a Maverick.
3: Fascinating. Great answer. Great question. Um, I just, this is random. I just want to ask you, what do you think about the Rockets? You just mentioned they're going to spend money like this amalgamation. I don't know if I love it or hate it. Amen Thompson, Jalen green, Jabari Smith, Jr. Kevin Porter, Jr. Shingun. Like there's so much talent. I just don't know if it's talent that can play together. Like where are you at on that team?
8: I think that's why they're adding veterans. Is like the veterans are going to fill in the holes, right? they're going to bring in guys. that are going to teach them how to play winning basketball. Like you add Brooke Lopez and Fred VanVleet. That's two. That's a point guard that knows how to run an offense and a center that will help you be good defensively. while also like setting the the table for you in terms of this is how you should act. Like that's what they really need. Is like they need. There were so many comments, and you, this isn't just like under the radar or off record stuff. Players were openly talking about Houston last year in terms of that team has no idea what it's doing or how it should play the game or how they should <laughs> behave off court. Like, just a complete mess. So they're trying to get adults in the room both for on the court and off the court. There's a way that this works. I love the idea of Fred VanVleet, Amen Thompson, Jabari Smith, Brooke Lopez, and Alfred Shangoon. That combo is great. You'll notice I didn't say Jalen Green there because I don't know where how Jalen Green fits with all this. Jalen Green is about... Getting buckets and getting paid and being the star and want to be the guy. He's resisted playing with and Shangoon, who clearly makes everyone better. Like These are the things that make me very mm-hmm. cautious. If I were the Rockets, I would have been throwing out Jalen Green and trade packages, quite honestly, at the draft. You could have probably moved into the top ten with a, with a mover of Jalen Green. I would have looked at that. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to be higher on Houston than I have been because you mentioned they have the talent. Like I'm still very high on Jabari Smith. He showed some real stuff once he got through a shooting slump uh, last year. But also, he was in a really bad spot with the point guards he was chosen to play with. You put him next to Fred VanVleet, he's going to get better shots, cleaner shots, and Fred's going to make him better. So if they land Fred VanVleet or even if they land Kyrie Irving, I think Jabari Smith looks better. Alfred Shagun looks better. I like uh, Amon Thompson a lot in terms of what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, as a combo next to that, my big question mark is Jalen
4: Green. Matt, we got about 30 seconds. How much of a loss could Bruce Brown be in free agency to Denver?
8: Massive. Um, Jake Fisher reported this, and I heard heard things that were similar similar to it uh, this morning. That Indiana is looking at a twenty million dollar offer per year for Bruce Brown. There's no nobody uh-huh. else is going to be compete with that. That's the Lakers. That's outside of the Lakers twelve million MLE, and that's way outside of what Denver can offer. Um, Denver has it has completely gone in the bunker. I don't have any insight on what they think about their chances of retaining Bruce. But we'll say like losing him is a major blow, not only because of what he does. But the combination—he does a lot of things at once—and they're going to have to set the different guys, and that'll be top for the Nuggets have
2: to repeat.
3: Matt, enjoy free agency. Enjoy your off season. We will talk to you in a couple of months. In a few months, Action Network. Matt Moore. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you okay? Appreciate it. it. Does a great job, Matt Moore. Good information. Okay. When we come back, we actually have a game in about an hour—a good one. Padres Reds. Let's get into that next.